0: Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning to everyone. If you're visiting with us this morning, I'm Pastor Pat Visger. So glad to have you here on this Spring Forward Sunday where regardless of the fact that the clock changed, we're gonna be here. We will be here to worship the Lord regardless. And it's a sign that spring's coming. I know uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's supposed to be a little bit warmer this week, so God's good. He always is, and I'm looking forward to just getting a little bit more sun, a little less cold. Um, I do want to take uh, just a brief minute to say thank you to all of you uh, for your love and your care and your concern, those who've already reached out to uh, me and my brother and my family, and uh, we really do appreciate it, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, Before we move on this morning, I wanna pray. If um, If I had any example from my mother who lived a good long life, it was to pray. And so I have been standing before you for the last number of weeks praying and asking the Lord for us here at our church, for us individually. So let's pray this prayer together. Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Thank you and amen. God is uh he's doing that he's doing it i keep hearing great uh, encouraging uplifting testimonies of those of you who have been stepping a little bit forward and making a making an effort to speak the word with great boldness i made an effort uh, this week and a guy told me i was a smooth talker <laughs> It's the first time I've been told that, <laughs> uh, but it was uh, it was an opportunity that at least I, I was able to get a little bit out, a little bit out about uh, the Lord and the church, and even though I, I was accused of being a smooth talker, I'm pl- I'm I'm praying that seed was planted, uh, and and it's it's something that. Again, I I had a great example in my mom. She would speak the word boldly, sometimes too boldly. As a kid, I'd say, Mom, you're overdoing it. You need to... uh, But now I get it. Now now I get it. Uh, And before I move on to this morning, I have something that I must say, I must clear up. If you were here last week, in my attempt to make you smile, now I've said this many times, if you give a guy a microphone and enough time to talk, he's gonna say something dumb, okay? So I gotta tell you, I'm sorry for all the confusion that I caused last week when I said that Heather was stepping aside. That was fake news. That was all part of it, okay? <clears throat> so for, uh, for all of you who were, uh, you were overtaken, with uh, just emotion and you sent your text messages and you blew up my uh, inbox, I am really totally sorry. That was just part of me trying to uh, make an example and bring an image forward, but I'm really glad that you love her so much and she is sticking around, okay? So I give you my heartiest, heartiest sorry and I say mea culpa mea culpa mea maxima culpa and if you don't know what that is that's Latin and it means through my fault through my fault through my most grievous fault and that harkens back to my Roman Catholic upbringing I was uh, in a good Catholic family Uh, my parents were very observant Catholic we had uh, nine children, the Catholics, uh, they, they promoted large families, and I was glad for that because I was number eight out of nine, so I'm glad my mom and dad kept on going for at least a good long while. And uh, I was about ten when uh, my mother and uh, and my father, uh, they came to Jesus in a, a really uh, new way, and they began seeking more and Uh, that took them uh, away from the catholic church but i was still in the school and i learned an awful lot about uh the catholic faith and uh, that mea culpa that uh, idea of a confession or saying through my fault that's that's how they would start every catholic mass and it might they had two styles uh so if you've been to a Catholic church, you may not have heard that, but the, the Mass always begins with some form of a, a confession. And uh, leading into this Lenten season, I've been thinking a lot about uh, my early years and the the shaping that I had in uh, the Catholic church. And even all the more so now as my, my mom has uh, gone to glory, the... Uh, that up, that, those early years, they're, they're influential. And uh, I recall a lot of what was done in the, the Catholic Church, especially in the Lenten season, leading to Easter, this, this time where we look forward to celebrating the resurrection of Jesus and uh, the season that we call Lent. In this season, as a kid, once a week, when uh, we were in the school, we'd have to go to the church once a week to do uh, what they called the Stations of the Cross. And the Stations of the Cross was a time to reflect and to really consider and meditate on all the sufferings of Jesus as he went to the cross, from the time he was condemned by Pilate to the time that he died on the cross. So it was the, really to meditate on the last hours of Jesus, the passion of the Christ, all of his sufferings. And there was 14 points or stations of uh, reflection that we would observe. And this was often called uh, via crucis, which means the way of the cross. And for all of us who are Christians, whether... Uh, we're non-denominational, whatever denomination we are in, regardless of our differences and our forms of worship and the way that the preaching is done and all of the minutia of doctrine, there is a common link in the cross of Christ. And when a Christian hears the word cross, does it not invoke in your mind a picture, an image? If someone says cross to you, do you think of an X? Probably not. You think more of a t right when when someone says cross it's a powerful image and it reminds us of what jesus did for us it's a powerful powerful image Uh, these symbols can be powerful and symbols are powerful whether they're spiritually related or they're part of our faith or not and we've seen that in recent news there was an example just recently that brought to light the powerful powerful way that an image can be uh, digested and uh, thought about it was the recent news you've probably heard about that actor in chicago who uh it's it's alleged but it seems pretty sure that he orchestrated a hoax of his own abduction, this hate crime assault that he said was perpetrated against him, but really he just set up the whole thing. Well, the Chicago police superintendent, uh, his name is Eddie Johnson, he was not very happy about this. And he held a press conference, and Superintendent Johnson said a, some things a couple of weeks ago. And I want to uh, Take a little bit of an excerpt of what he said this morning. He, he said this. These are the words of Superintendent Johnson. He said, this morning I come to you not only as superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, but also as a black man who spent his entire life living in the city of Chicago. I know the racial divide that exists here. I know how hard it's been for our city and our nation to come together. And I also know the disparities and I know the history. This announcement today recognizes, and he talks about the, he says the name of the guy, I don't even want to say his name. This announcement recognizes uh, the advantage that this person took of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose? to make false accusations. How could someone look at the hatred and suffering associated with that symbol and see an opportunity to manipulate that symbol to further his own public profile? Like well, it got me thinking about this symbol. And it is a powerful symbol, the image that it portrays. Superintendent Johnson spoke of all the awful That is associated with a noose and the misery that it evokes. I mean, could ever such a dreaded symbol, a symbol of hatred and pain and death, could could it ever come to something positive? Could it ever even move not only to positive, but to even being revered and honored? And that's the cross. The cross was also a symbol of hatred and pain and suffering and death. There was a Roman statesman who lived in the, the first century before Jesus. His name was Cicero. and He said of the cross, the very word cross should be far removed of Roman citizens from their eyes and from their ears and from even their thoughts. was a symbol of death, pain, misery, punishment, but the cross became a symbol that's the opposite. It's the antithesis of death. We proudly have a cross raised up above this building. When when people die, they put crosses on their headstones. It it doesn't evoke this pain and, and misery and suffering but yet, it does, and the only way that this, this turned and this reputation was changed was by Jesus. This is the only way it happened. The way of the cross, it forever changed the symbol of death to a symbol of life. In the New Testament, it gives rise to this new perspective of the cross. And it's amazing. I mean, when you think about it in the context of a comparison to this, this noose that this guy used and how outraged people were because it's so awful. And yet the cross in the, in the first century, it turned From this this symbol of hate, the New Testament writers began to speak of it as a a symbol of love and a picture of, of love and of grace and of mercy. In his first letter to the church of the Roman city of Corinth, the Apostle Paul, he wrote the power of the cross of Christ. He wrote about it being powerful. To the church in Galatia, he wrote, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The cross wasn't boasting about death and pain and misery and superiority and punishment, but of love and of life. And to the church in Ephesus, the apostle wrote that Jesus made peace with God and he reconciled all of us to God through the cross. Jesus made peace. This symbol was becoming a symbol of peace and reconciliation, and he did so by the cross, a sacrificial death. He gave himself up to be put on that cross for sin, you know, sin that separates us from God, sin that's rebelliousness, sin that goes against God and everything's about, sin that is unholy, and God's offended by it. He's offended by sin so much that he required atonement and not some meager atonement. There was a price to be paid for sin, price to be paid for rebelliousness against God, and it was a heavy price. Blood. And for many centuries, it was the blood of the lamb. The blood of a, a lamb had to be offered over and over again. The repetition was necessary because the blood of a lamb was only temporary. It wasn't perfect. No lamb could do it. No person could do it. No man or woman could ever atone perfectly or completely for sin. But Jesus, only Jesus, because he was the sinless one, and he went to the cross willingly to give his blood to atone for my sin and for your sin, the cross. And Jesus was crucified, but it wasn't a defeat. It was victory. And it's victory to any and all who would receive his atonement. To, to those who receive it, there is victory over sin and death and hell and the grave because of the cross, And I hope you can see why why it turned the corner from this symbol of uh, despise and hate. In the context of all that Jesus did, the cross became celebrated and even honored. So reflecting on what Jesus did, reflecting and meditating on the way of the cross, that can be constructive. It can be beneficial to our faith. And I want to do that over the next several weeks. Focus on the cross and all that Jesus did for us. But where to begin? Where do we begin this way of the cross? Does the way of the cross begin where Jesus was condemned to death by Pilate, the Roman governor? Or did it start a little earlier? Did the way of the cross begin when Jesus was betrayed by one of his very own, Judas Iscariot? Or did the way of the cross begin even earlier in in that garden before he was betrayed where Jesus was praying and he sweat drops of blood? Or or was it even earlier? Was it before that? The, The book of Revelation gives us some insight. The book of Re- Revelation tells us this about Jesus in Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 that Jesus is the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Now that's something to think about. Now that's something to meditate on and to ponder. When did it begin? From the creation of the world. Jesus, the perfect man, he was the perfect lamb. He was the lamb from the beginning of time. The cross was a plan from the very start. Kind of makes my mind swell. What really? This was a plan from the beginning. God knew, and he had a plan. The cross is given to us from the very earliest pages of Scripture, from the earliest, first book of the Bible, the beginning, the way of the cross is in the beginning, and I want to look at that in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, and take a look at the beginning the introduction to the cross. In Genesis chapter two, it speaks of the story of creation. And I wanna read uh, some uh, verses from Genesis two, an excerpt about creation. It says, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So this first man, Adam, He was placed in God's garden, the Garden of Eden, and God set before Adam two trees. One was called life. It was literally called the tree of life. The other, the other tree was death. It was toxic. It was terminal. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from this tree, you certainly will die. It is a tree of death. Do you get that, Adam? Are you listening? These are the words of God. Now what happened? The man, Adam, he was given a partner. Her name was Eve. Together, Adam and Eve began to work the garden. They began their life in the garden. But a tempter came along. A tempter came along, a deceiver, a beguiler in the form of a serpent. And this first pair was tempted to eat from the tree which they were forbidden. Now they saw that it was good for food and it was pleasing to the eyes and it was desirable for gaining something. They were gonna gain wisdom and they ate from it. And they did gain some wisdom. They ate from this tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and life changed. Life changed dramatically. Life changed drastically in an instant. They realized they were naked, and they had to do something. They were ashamed. They tried to cover themselves with some leaves, but then God showed up, and they became frightened, so they hid themselves. And God spoke out, and God asked about their disobedience. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And what was the response? We know the response. If we've read the book of Genesis, the man pointed at the woman. She did it. The woman that you gave me, God, she ate from the tree, gave it to me. It's got to be her fault. So God addressed the woman, and the woman said, the serpent did it. The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Then the Lord addressed the serpent. And this is what the Lord said. This is Genesis 3, 14 and 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity or hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now here's the first prophecy of jesus a prophecy that jesus is going to defeat the enemy the offspring of the woman and that's forecasting a birth a divine birth the birth of jesus by a woman jesus the only sinless flesh and blood to walk this earth he came here the same way every single one of us did and that was by birth uh, through a woman but he was sinless And he was sinless because his birth was divine and miraculous through a virgin. And yet he lived a human life. He lived and breathed as a human. And when he yielded his life and he gave up his blood, he crushed the head of the serpent. That was God's plan. It was atonement for the sin and it was the perfect atonement. It was the perfect lamb. We might say that the cross, the way of the cross, it began there in Genesis 3.15. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the enemy. I see the cross there, but I see it even earlier. There was for Adam and Eve a type of cross put right in front of them. God put it in front of them. There it stood. There it stood before them, the tree of life. But they didn't choose it. Instead, they chose themselves. They chose selfishness, their own desires. They put their own desires over God. Their their own desires overruled what God had asked of them, and they defied him. And they chose death, and for their offense, there were consequences. And the consequence was death, and they were going to die. And God cast them out of the garden, the garden that He had prepared for them. Genesis 3:22 and 23, it, it's coming to the end of the story here of how they sinned, and now some of their consequences. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and to eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had taken, from which he had been taken. So for their sin, for their offense, the man and the woman were cast out of the garden. They were gonna suffer death They had chosen death. They were barred from eternal life. There was a a blockade put in front of the tree. No longer would they be able to gain access to it because after they left, God set angels in front of it to guard it. And they could not reach the tree of life. They were banished from the garden. And that would be tragic. That would be tragic if it were forever that way. But it wasn't. It wasn't. The tree of life has been made accessible. We have hope. The tree of life is open to all of us. The tree of life. It is the tree of calvary the the hill on which jesus christ was crucified the tree of life is the tree of the cross the cross of christ brings life sin barred the way to life but sin has been crushed by the cross of jesus christ the way of the cross it had already launched back there in the garden jesus the sacrifice for sin he was the sacrifice from the creation of the world it was god's plan and there it stood in the garden the tree of life and there was no blocking to it. The way was open. But they chose the other way. They chose sin. And then sin blocked their way. But the way of the cross had begun. Victory had already been assured that Jesus would crush the head of the enemy. And Jesus did crush the head of the enemy. By the way of the cross. Becoming for us the tree of of life the two trees remain before us today the two trees they're here every single day of our life the tree of life or the tree of selfishness the tree of rebelliousness the tree that goes against God and it becomes the tree of death Men and women still choose every single day, rejecting God, desiring their own way, putting themselves above him, wanting to be their own God. And they choose death. The message of the cross, the way of the cross is foolishness to them. And the word of God is, the cross is foolishness and they are perishing. And yet there's no barrier. There is no barrier to the tree of life. There is no barrier to the cross. What keeps you from going to the cross? The cross is the power of God unto salvation, to life, to life eternal. And all you need do is choose life. And what must we do to choose life? Deny our pride. Deny ourselves. Tell Tell God that we need him, we're not independent. We're not totally on our own, we need God. Change our mind, change our attitude, change our direction, turn from sin and turn to him. And believe that what Jesus did was not a myth. He didn't do it for nothing, it was monumental. It's life, and yes, in life we're prone to wander. Sometimes I I sing that song we, we sung earlier, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. The draw, the tree of death is a powerful draw. Stay at the cross, stay at the tree of life. Cling to the cross, cling to the cross, it's life. Death and life are before us every day. Have you chosen the tree of life? Have you chosen the cross of Christ? It was the tree in the Garden of Eden. It was the tree on the hill of Calvary where Jesus was crucified. And it is the tree that is there for us in eternity. It tells us this in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city, On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This is a depiction of heaven in the last book of the Bible, and there is the tree of life. And we read that and we say, how can a tree be on both sides of the river? And I wondered when I read that, how can the tree be on both sides of the river? But then I picture it. The cross, and I picture those arms of the cross spanning both sides of the river, those broad arms of the cross over both sides, yielding their fruit. I won't be surprised when I go to glory to see the cross, it is the only way for us to be healed perfectly from sin, and there it is in eternity for the healing of the nations. The tree of life the tree of life have you chosen it this morning and if not it's there for you all you need do is choose life this morning we close with prayer we close with prayer at these altars it's our custom on the second week to pray for needs of people and the Word of God tells us Tells us if there's any sick among you, let them call on the elders of the church. So we have our elders to come to these altars and they'll pray for your healing. But the word of the Lord that I just read is the tree of life is there for the healing of nations, it's there for the healing from the terminal disease of sin. And if you haven't received, that healing, I bid you to come this morning. Come to these altars. Our elders, if you would, come now to these altars. and If you have a need, if you need a touch from God, if you want prayer, these elders will anoint you with oil. They'll pray the prayer of faith. They'll agree with God. They'll they'll agree with you to God. And if you're in the back and you can't Make it all the way. Just raise your hand. And we'll have someone come pray with you and anoint you with oil. God will meet you. I don't know about you, but I felt the presence of Almighty God here in in this sanctuary this morning. He is here. And he'll meet you. And he'll touch you. And if you've never ever come to him, your life will be different for the better. Father, as we come into this time of prayer, Lord, I just ask and pray that you'd use every elder here at these altars as your channel of blessing, Lord. Your word says, if there's any sick among you, let them come to the elders of the church. And the elders will anoint them with oil And pray the prayer of faith. And God, for whatever need that's in this sanctuary this morning, be it a need to turn from sin and come to the cross, be it a need for physical healing, be it a need for spiritual healing, be it a need for uh, financial help, whatever. God, we know that you can meet the need. And we ask you to be here among us as we pray. And we thank you. We ask it all in the name of Jesus amen. You're invited to these altars, and if any of you are here and you're you're thinking you don't have a need to come to the altar, that's okay, but I ask you, please don't rush out. Pray with us at your seat. Pray and ask the Lord to be here and to do works with all of these that are coming forward to be prayed for.